hail you nostalgic white saviors. Welcome to 9021 Here <laughs> too We Go. Much. Was it too much, Kendra? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is the vibe that this episode it gives sure off. Is. So okay. Sorry. It's anyway, you were saying you were saying <laughs> I was saying, welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning, and I've seen them all. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include This and Dorian Life, 90s Music Got Me Like, and previously on X-Men. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod, and please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we are begrudgingly discussing Beverly Hills 90210 Season 6, Episode 14, Fortunate Son. Even the title is problematic. We don't want to talk about it, but you know... We made a commitment to to talk about every episode, and so we here did. we are. And I feel like we should just get right out of the way. This is this is an episode that clumsily tries to address race, and it does not come off in a positive light. Do you in, think that's in fair, Kendra? Classic nine hundred two one zero tradition. It yes. yeah, it does not. <laughs> in a lot of ways, this felt like a season one episode to me, including Brandon's like <laughs> gambling problem suddenly being back. I know, you know, he that's a little a gambling later, problem. but still, it just it was like an issues episode, and let's do it in a clumsy way. Yep. Anyway, all right. Well, let's crack open the Condor. Condor is committed to professional standards and professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode originally aired December thirteenth, nineteen ninety five. One birthday to mention, December 16th, Daniel Cosgrove, who plays Matt in the later years, turned 25. Oh. Movies. December 13th, Sense and Sensibility with Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet premiere. Haven't seen it. Haven't I seen haven't it. either. Yeah. You would think this oh, would really? be a movie I had seen, but I have not. I, yeah, I assumed you would. Yeah, I, I like both Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet. but For sure, yeah. But no. Uh, three movies came out December 15th. The first one is Heat. With Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Ooh. and Val Kilmer. That's a powerhouse of a cast. It is. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this, though. I was chatting about this with your husband, Eric. You remember Eric? I do. And uh, he said that all of the all of the things of people being like Batman Begins is just a take on heat. He rewatched it and was like, yes, this is definitely true. This is definitely a fact. <laughs> yeah, I was So now say, I want to watch it even more. <laughs> Well, you can you just gotta just gotta click play on the right. old Netflix or whatever it's on. You're right. I don't know what You're it's right. on. Uh, Jumanji starring Robin Williams and Kirsten Dunst. Yes. Yeah. My mom didn't let us watch this for a while oh. because she said it was too scary. And then we watched it. And we were like, this isn't scary at all. <laughs> yeah. Not to keep pulling Eric into this, but Eric hates this movie. He says it's not funny enough or adventuresome enough, and it doesn't work in either way. He's objectively wrong. This is a <laughs> this is a great movie. Yeah, classic. I loved it then. I loved it now. I did a book report on the novelization and barely got away with it, but I did. So. And the franchise is still going, and I've going loved. Strong. I've loved yeah. it all. So. Yeah. yeah, and we've we've had some noticeable uh, callbacks to this movie, and, and especially in the most recent, as at our time of recording, Jumanji movie with The Rock and others. I have the Jumanji board game behind me, actually. Kendra, <gasps> don't play it. Well, I haven't played it Kendra. yet, but it's okay. in this cool wooden box. I that had is to, cool. I had to rescue cool. it from whatever uh, yard you, sale I was at. Have you read the book? No. I so, yeah, I grew up with this book. This was this was one of my favorites as a kid. So I was already <laughs> pumped for it when they made the movie. Uh, the book still holds up very strong. So check it out. 
Also on December 15th, Sabrina, starring Harrison Ford and Julia Ormond. Yeah, my wife loves this movie. It's one of her favorites. I've seen it. feel like I've seen it. You know, it's a remake of the Humphrey Bogart, Audrey Hepburn, and someone else movie of the same name. And here it's Harrison Ford, Julia Ormond, and Greg Kinnear. I feel like I've seen it, but I guess I couldn't put money on that. Well, sounds like you need to watch it again. I think you're right. That and Heat. And released to VHS, The Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley, The Case of the Christmas Caper. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen this one, but I, I had all the Mary-Kate and Ashley like, detective agent books. Oh, whatever. yeah. I think it was called The Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley, but they were like detectives. Um, had all those books and loved them. So... I definitely read some Full House books, and it wasn't <laughs> just because I had a crush on Jodie Sweetin, who played Stephanie. There were there were other other reasons. All right, video games. The most rented video games of December 1995 were Donkey Kong Country 2 for the Super Nintendo and NBA Live 96 for the Sega Genesis. That's right. Yeah. Donkey Kong Country 2 remains king. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. One other thing to mention, December 14th, the Bosnian War, which had been ongoing since 1992, came to a close with the signing of the Dayton Agreements. Yes. Hmm. I re- I just remember this being conversation. I remember this being news and, and things people were talking about. It was like the, the fallout from the, the breakup of Yugoslavia, like, and then uh, just sort of like okay. power vacuums and different factions and things. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it came to an end. Yeah, it was that and like Desert Storm, I feel like were the things that I was mm. hearing constantly in, as a child. You yeah, know? yeah. All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. After his run as Anthony Marchette in 90210 and also as Bruce Teller in Melrose Place, Stanley Campbell showed up as Shanna's dad on a season four episode of Seventh Heaven. Uh, Kendra, you've Seventh it seems like Heaven. There it is. I when was going to say, see there. Uh-huh, <laughs> Just uh-huh. kidding. It seems like you grew up in a Seventh Heaven household. Did oh, you guys yeah. watch Seventh Heaven? Okay. Oh, yeah. We Great. watched Seventh Heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad was a pastor, so. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was living the Seventh Heaven life. No, just kidding. It's <laughs> hilarious. Pretty, pretty uh, different. Special thanks to listener Kier underscore Lynn over on Twitter. This was uh, this was a listener provided beyond the zip code. So if you if you see a 90210 alum out there in the wild, you can send it to us on either Facebook or Twitter, and we'll include them in the show. So thanks to Kirsten. I think it's interesting that Jessica Biel's career now is just like super dark, murdery show, like mini series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I just think that's a, a fun turn for, for yeah. her career. So very I, different. Not what I'm behind expect. it. Yeah. I tried okay. watching The Center and made it about halfway through, and it was actually hitting me like it was too dark for me. Oh, is that, which... is that the Andrew Garfield one? No, that... no. That oh, was under the banner of heaven. That's right. Um, that was really good. But for whatever okay. reason, I can usually handle really dark stuff. Yeah. And the Sinner, I don't know what it was. But yeah. I just watched her show Candy. That was really good. So Okay. What about the movie Next, starring her and uh, Nicolas Cage? No, I haven't Any seen feelings? that one. <laughs> no feelings on that? Okay. Nope. Also, right. I haven't seen the uh, the Blade that she's in. It's Trinity, right, that she's in? Oh, yeah. I, I believe you. Yeah, I don't know I for sure. I haven't seen it. All right, let's look at Fortunate Son, the synopsis. 
Donna covers Lisa Dixon's shift at the convenience store, and she and Joe get caught up in the life of a kid who tries to steal a birthday gift for his brother. Steve starts a new career at a talent agency and finds his groove. Meanwhile, the After Dark has a casino night to raise funds for the sorority's kid care program. Brandon's gambling problem pops back up, and Nat and Susan don't like what they see. Finally, Valerie causes chaos when she outbids Kelly for a private portrait sitting with Colin. That Valerie. I know. What is she doing? All right, what Nick. What are you going to do? <laughs> Who's living in Beverly Hills? Boy, they really wanted to to share the share the credit here. The teleplay is by Lana Freistadt Melman, Steve Wasserman, John Eisendraft, and John Wepley. And the story is by Steve Wasserman, uh, the late Jessica Klein, who just recently passed away at our time of recording, and Larry Mullen. So a lot of all lot of those names. all those people, and this is the to this is this the episode. story they went yeah. for. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was it was directed by James Fargo, which was a name I did not recognize. Uh, I looked it up. This is uh, the first of two episodes that he'll direct on the series. Um, calling back to our last episode, we were talking Sharknado. He has some shark credits. He served as a unit production manager on the original Jaws with Steven Spielberg. Ooh. He also directed several episodes of Hunter and The Scarecrow and Mrs. King, among other TV and movie credits. Uh, as far as main cast members go, uh, we get our first glimpse of our third opening of the season. This is the third version of the opening credits we're seeing. This time, it's Rayless. No Ray. Uh, and I don't, I don't know how they pulled it off because there are some group shots that I'm like, I, when did they do that? <laughs> did they know all along? I don't know. I mean, the... The one that the logo is superimposed over is very like overexposed, oversaturated, you know, and so it's kind of hard to make things out. But it doesn't look like there's a Ray or a, or a Luke Perry in there that they're hiding. So I don't know. Weird. I don't know what they did. Yeah. Whatever they but, did. Good job. Anyway, no Ray. Uh, guest cast includes several recurring players here. We have Tembi Locke back as Lisa Dixon. And at first I was like, oh, right on. We're going to get some backstory on Lisa. And then I was like, oh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. Uh, we got archive footage as Billy Vera back as Duke. Uh, the last time we saw him was in the awkwardly titled Duke's Bad Boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm almost positive about this, but I feel like we do see Duke again, but it's not Billy Vera. I think Duke is recast the next time we see him. So I, I believe this is the last time we get any sort of callback to uh, Billy Vera as Duke. All right. So. Uh, we have a few new recurring players. We have uh, Marcus Smythe as Scott Convey. Um, I don't know if you could tell by looking at him, Kendra, but he's been in every soap opera known to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he... Yeah. <laughs> I, at vibe. first I saw him. Yeah, I was like, he's either a lifelong soap actor or the pastor of a mega church, and I didn't know <laughs> There's a lot one. of overlap there. <laughs> there is a lot of overlap. You're right. So lots of soap appearances. Uh, the most the most episodes he did in a soap was 88 episodes as Dane Taylor on Search for Tomorrow. And that's not one that I know. No, so I've never heard of I it. I can't tell you. I can't tell you anything about it. Uh, he was also on Another World, General Hospital, and Port Charles. You Next, don't really need to search for tomorrow. I mean, just like wait a few just hours. Wait. And yeah, it'll, tomorrow, it, it always gonna comes. find you, Marcus Smythe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just stay put and it'll come. <laughs> We have uh, Danny McCoy Jr. here, and I don't know who this was. I was trying to pay attention for who this was. I don't know. Mm. But he was here now. He'll be back again as a drug dealer later on. And so okay. his, his life takes a negative turn. But in later years, he'll show up on Melrose Place as a patrol officer. So I think it's a real story of redemption for this extra. All right. You know? Cool. Good for him. Uh, other one-offs we see this season. We have Lar Park Lincoln as Tammy 
best known for her role as Alinda Fairgate on another primetime soap, Knott's Landing. Do you know who got his big break on Knott's Landing, Kendra? Who? Brian Austin Green. So maybe He's they're kind of in this episode sometimes. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Yep. 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 We have Drancy Jackson as Isaiah. Uh, he was in many episodes of The Sentinel plus Veronica Mars. Is that ever... what I recognized him from? Is he a main I... character in Veronica Mars? No, he's not. Oh, okay. He's not. I don't know. I didn't see anything that you would really recognize he him from. He looked really familiar, mm. but I don't know. Did you go the distance on Veronica Mars? Have you seen it at all? No, I never did. I love I the want original. to. Yeah. I love the original three seasons, uh, even though the third one is, they do that thing where they're like, we're not going to be serialized anymore. Hooray. <laughs> and so it's not as good. Uh, and then they did the movie comeback, which was great. And then there's that Hulu update of the show, and I just can't bring myself to care. So, yeah. I don't know. Your wife like loves my... that show. Yeah, we both do, but neither one of us have seen the new, the newest uh, Hulu season. So, hmm. whatever. We're fickle. I don't know. <laughs> Juanita Jennings is here as Mrs. Holcomb. So, she's a legendary TV actress. She's just one of those people who has been in so, so many things. Probably best known as playing Edna Barnes in Meet the Browns, a series regular on that show. Uh, but she did Fresh Prince, The Practice, ER, Scrubs, The Rockford Files, and her credits at our time of recording are continuing to roll on. So very active, very active uh, on the screen. We have Lee Weaver as Stan. Stan was the owner of the store where Donna was temporarily working today for dramatic purposes. Uh, but he's an, he's another legend. He's, he's another guy. He goes all the way back to the 50s. He was in Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Uh, and then uh, every classic show you can think of, I Spy, Adam 12, Hill Street Blues. More recently, he was in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Grace and Frankie, and uh, Going Strong. So I love yeah, It's Always uh, Sunny in Philadelphia. I know. That's why I had to include it for you. <laughs> I don't think you would like it. I think I've said that before on this podcast. You have. You have. But uh, I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, that you always say I won't like Bob's Burgers. You can never make up your mind about. So I think you'll love Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers you- is the best okay. show everyone there's not there's not there's nothing not to love that's what, what i'm trying what, to say how did it work movie wise did you like the movie i did like the movie um it wasn't as hilarious as i wanted it to be but i really mm. enjoyed watching it and there's some good jokes in there i'm still digging central park over on apple which is the same yeah you know, i Asia haven't i haven't tried that. And, you know, pretty good music's pretty solid overall so anyway that's it that's it for our guest cast all right Let's get into this episode. Okay. Here we go. Here right. we go. Can we right. just talk about? Let's just talk about Sharknado three. I'll just call Steve. We'll talk about three. Get him on right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. We start at Kelly Donna Claire's. Donna is getting ready to go to work, where she's filling in for Lisa. Because I guess that's a thing. You can yeah. just get someone that's to fill crazy. in for you at your job. That's crazy. That's totally crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what the first of many stupid things in this yeah. episode yeah uh we learned that the football team lost their shot at the rose bowl so that was like a whole thing yeah Remember they were chanting rose bowl yeah, there, that, yeah. not happening was, that and steve's brand new career i was kind of like did i miss an episode did i what what happened here but, yeah they were just like let's move it along yeah <laughs> things are happening okay, okay. Joe is concerned about Donna working at the store. Uh, he's concerned for her safety, in which it, yeah. this is the moment where I was like, Joe has been too good to be true this whole time. Yeah. Now we learned he's low-key racist, I guess. Yes, yes, but I don't think that was the tone of the episode. I don't, I don't think, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're supposed to think that. But he's like, well, it's okay for Lisa to work there because she's dot, 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 local. 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 Yeah, we know what you mean, champ. <laughs> 
Yeah. And Donna, Donna calls him on it. Donna's like, it's because she's black. Is that why it's okay? And he's yeah. like, no, that's not what I meant. He's like, what? What, you, what do you mean? You're crazy. Is she? I didn't even notice. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Then we get the intro. A rayless. Rayless. Intro. Yeah, rayless. At the Peach Pit After Dark, they are setting up for a casino charity night that they're doing for a organization called Kid Care. Uh, Care spelled with a K. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Just right from the start, I really had to struggle to wrap my mind around this. So the, the college sorority has some sort of kids daycare, and they're doing a fundraiser. I guess I thought they were doing a charity event and the kids daycare was the, the charity okay. they picked so, so for the year. Are, okay. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. Yeah. But even so it's like a casino night at a nightclub. Yeah. For the college students to raise money for a child's daycare. Right. Okay. Yep. Reminded okay. me of the episode of the office where they have a yeah. casino night. Yeah, in, in the warehouse of yeah, the office. Yeah, that's a legendary episode. That's it a legendary is. episode. Big, uh, big plot movement there. <laughs> yeah. So Valerie approaches Kelly and is like, you know, are you going to say thank you to me for letting you have charity night here? Which yeah. Kelly does give her a thank you for. Yeah. Brandon is dealing some blackjack for Steve and Claire just for fun. And Steve is talking about this in internship he got at a talent agency. He's not getting paid, I believe he said, for this right. internship. But his right. dad got him the job. And he's, you know, he says his boss, what she lacks in personality, she makes up for in looks. So great. He's so not, great. He's Perfect. not upset about that. No. Over in the Peach Pit, uh, Brandon is now over on the Peach Pit side. And Nat is like, should you be betting because you know remember last time and then we get yeah. a flashback to brandon talking with duke and duke saying like i got this guy in the car who's gonna break your legs if you don't give me yeah. my money yep 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 i kind of forgot how that played out i was thinking dylan stepped in but it was nat it was nat who stepped in and settled up there it was so yeah yeah brandon says what? you know it's fine it's for charity no big deal and we have the thing is we've seen brandon casually gambling many times since Duke's bad boy. Yes. And they kind of bring and, that up later. Kind, yes. Which I guess I got to give him props for to acknowledge it. But it was, I don't know. It was a little clumsy. It was a little clumsy. Def oh, yeah. For sure. Kelly and Colin are talking about how he is auctioning off uh, a sitting for a portrait. So he yeah. will paint someone's portrait. And I'm sure this is going to go very well. Sure. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, he and he and Kelly are being flirty and kissy and Valerie is kind of watching them from the side. Yeah, I, I swear. Maybe it's because we had Sharknado in between, but I fully forgot that she and David were together. <laughs> I forgot, too, until we get totally to the till we get yeah. to the end of this episode. OK, so I it totally, wasn't just me. No, no, no. Because I was like, right. Cause she's still into Colin. And then later I was like, David, I forgot. David coerced her into sex. And now they're happily as a couple. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Rom because of romance? Okay. Yeah, because of romance. Okay, so then we go to the talent agency where Steve is working. He's uh, taking messages, and his boss, Tammy, is saying, oh, I don't have time to talk to whoever's on the phone. And he says, well, it was like the head of Paramount, so I thought maybe you'd yeah. want to talk to this person, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he, she just, you know, she's not treating him 
super great. No, she's not. Um, she's not. And I feel like they do a decent job of showing that like she's good at part of the job, but is not good at like the, you know, like the personality element. Yeah. Of it. You know, they kind of set that up. So then Scott walks in, who is both of their boss. He's the head of the sure. talent agency. Yeah. And he and Steve, you know, shake hands. They know each yeah. other. Old boys club. Yep. And uh, Tammy sees this and asks, oh, could Steve be permanently assigned to me? Yeah. To which Scott says, sure. Yeah. So that was a good play. Yeah. That was a good play on her part. It was. All right, we go to the convenience store where Donna is working, and a boy comes up and asks how much a stuffed teddy bear costs. She says it's uh, $4.99. Which is a crazy price for that teddy bear. I think that's a a great price, but uh, are you saying it's too much? I think it's too high for that little teddy bear. But I guess it is a convenience store, so, (laughs) you know. If you're doing your Christmas I guess to me, I was like, like five that. bucks for that bear? Sure. Or 1995? Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the boy decides that's that's too much money. And he goes yeah. to put it back, but then decides to put it under his shirt to Wipe. steal it. Wipe it. Yep. And the manager, what's his name? The store oh. manager? Yeah, I wrote it down. Uh, it is Stan. Stan. Stan sees him do this and you know, stops him from leaving the store. But then Donna yeah. says he paid for it. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. Very lame is. I think that's uh, that's Jean Valjean's origin, <laughs> if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Yeah. So she uh, <laughs> she covers for him and she puts her own money into the cash register mm. after after he leaves. Later, Joe comes to pick up Donna. And as they're leaving, the boy had been waiting for her and apologizes for what happens and tries to give her some money. But she says, you know, no worries. We learn that his name is Isaiah. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, I'm not a thief. I don't normally do this, but it's my brother's birthday and I wanted to get him a gift. And she's like, no worries. Just don't steal anymore. Yeah. We go back to the talent agency where Steve and uh, the male guy, I guess they both go to see you and they're both suppose, in sorority yeah. so they fraternities so they kind of right 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 because he's a delta yeah Steve's, he's like i won't hold it against you <laughs> <laughs> uh he gives some more mail to steve and steve sees a private one which he opens anyway and finds a termination notice for his boss yeah. tammy Cold as ice. Very cold. They're, memo. It's like the end of the day and they send it to not. her in a memo. Yeah, like the week before Christmas. Don't forget that. Yeah. Cold. Cold as ice. So he he reads it and then he quickly puts a, a new envelope in the typewriter and like types yeah. her name and seals it back up. Yeah. Very quick <clears throat> and, yeah. and gives it to her. He sees her open it and then he goes in and he's like, well, I'm heading out. Is there anything else I can do before I leave? And she says no. And he's kind of like, oh, bummer. Yeah. <laughs> As Merry he leaves. Yeah. Joe and Donna are driving and Joe is lost. He yeah. uh, he has never been to this neighborhood before and he yep. he is lost and uh-oh they are also out of gas oh no running out of gas in any any place is my like nightmare scenario yeah. i yeah, 
I, we have had many times where it's like the light is on. I don't know when the next yeah. gas station is coming, especially where we used to live, where you live. You know, yeah. it's like you get stuck in the wrong place. Who knows where the next I, gas station is? So I, w- I had to go to a, a conference up in Lake Placid, which is like deep up, like in the Adirondacks. And so for where, sure, the, no- where the monster uh, alligator. Yeah, yes. where the monster alligator was. Yeah, he wasn't there. But no cell service, you know, and it's like it's very remote. Like you drive a long ways without seeing anything. And so we had plenty of gas, but then like we just kept going and there were no gas stations and we just kept going and there were no gas stations. And like we'd come through little town, nothing. I'm like, where are these people? Where are they getting their gas? I don't <laughs> understand. And it was really, really scary because I don't know what we would have done. And we like, basically rolled into a gas station at the last possible second but yes it is a it's a terrifying situation so Just because of the logistic <laughs> not because of the racist things that joe is thinking. right 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 it's a scary thing to happen yeah so joe was on edge like before they ran out of gas and then he yeah. you know yeah so but i think it's weird that neither of them have a cell phone because we've been talking about how True. they've yeah. had fun like we've seen donna with a phone at we this have. point yeah um but neither of them have a phone so they did no. they get out and they're gonna walk until they find a phone or a gas station Back at the Walsh house, Brandon is practicing counting cards. He's very slow at it. He, mm-hmm. You know, he every card he flips, he has to, like, think about what to add or subtract. Valerie arrives, and Brandon tells her they got an email from Jim and Cindy. They are not coming home for Christmas. Oh, oh no. Bummer. Well, they're coming from Hong Kong, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, that's a long flight. Don't get me started. Yeah, that'd be rough. Uh, Valerie is kind of like, why are you trying so hard to like learn how to count cards? Like it's for charity. You're supposed to lose. That's like, that's the point. And he says, there's nothing wrong with lowering the house odds. Back with Donna and Joe. Joe is very uptight. I mean, like every person they pass, he's like gripping Donna really, really tightly. Oh, awkwardly, like rudely. Like every time he sees people, he's like grabbing her and moving her around. It's just... And it's Donna really is the is the opposite. She's like yeah. saying hi to people and like yeah. being super friendly. So they cross the street and a car pulls up with some people in it. And the guy in the car is like, hey, was that your car back there? Where are you going? And he's like trying to get Donna specifically in mm-hmm. the car with him. Yeah. Um, this was this scene. It's like. Are you trying to beat stereotypes or are you trying to perpetrate stereotypes? Because you're perpetrating a stereotype with this scene. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the kindest interpretation you could give it was that the the guy driving the car was was kind of like teasing them because of their obvious discomfort. Yeah, but But it doesn't it didn't feel that way, though. No, it felt more menacing than that. Yeah. And it's. I, it's weird because you would think like they were trying to prove like or show with the episode like Joe didn't have yeah. anything to worry about. You yeah. shouldn't you shouldn't be racist. Right. Right. But then they do this scene and it's no, like, I know I don't. Yeah, I didn't like well, it. I, it seems to be the tenor of, of the scene is like, oh, a black man driving a car in the middle of the day. He's he's in a gang. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely right. in a gang. Right. Otherwise, why would he be driving a car in the middle of the day? That that seems to be that seems to be the implication. What other explanation oh, is there? I hate it. So as this is happening, 
Isaiah comes out of his house and he happens to live right there. And he's like, Joe, Donna, I've been waiting for you. Come to my house. And he takes them in to his house. Kind of like a, like a Anakin Skywalker rescuing Mm, uh, them from, uh, what's his face? Sebulba. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) I can't think of his name there for a second. Right. Right. And he's like, Donna, are you an angel? (laughs) Yeah. So he brings them into his house and yeah. uh, says they can they can use his phone. We learn that his mom is at work and there's no dad in the picture. And there right. are two right. other siblings, younger siblings in the house. Yeah. One of them is eating out of the uh, jar of peanut butter, which he tells her to go put away. And then she drops it and breaks it glass all over the floor. Yeah. So Donna is helping clean up. Joe calls and there will will be someone from the auto club there in 30 minutes to help with uh-huh. their car. But Donna, after seeing the situation, does not want to leave the children alone. She wants to stay. Isaiah says, you know, my mom's going to be really mad you're here because if child welfare knew we were alone, right. like we would be taken away and what, that would be what bad. You, what would you say the ages are? Isaiah, I would say what do you think? like 12, 13. Yeah, I was thinking 13. Yeah. Um, I think the girl is probably like, like six. kindergarten age. I would say yeah. six. Yeah, so and like the... six, eight, 12, maybe. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Donna Donna says, well, we're having pizza. We're staying. We're going to order pizza, have yeah. pizza for dinner, which the kids are very excited yeah. about. Donna has a really cringy line. Joe's like, we got to get out of here. And, and she's like, well, these kids are all alone. She's like, maybe their mom can leave them alone, but I can't. And I was yeah. like, oh. and that- another thing like why Donna why is and she like doubles down on it later when the mom comes back I mean we'll get there but yeah yeah and they don't learn anything no like I'm being prejudiced or I am privileged nothing no nothing at the peach pit after dark Susan and Brandon are playing some blackjack and uh Brandon is already like fully gone you can see it yeah you can see it he's in gambling mode yep Yep, full beard, flop sweat. <laughs> he's he's there. <laughs> Lisa is, I think she's playing roulette, maybe? I'm not sure I what she's so, playing, yeah. but Kelly sees her and is asking, well, where's Donna? And she says, well, she wouldn't have worked late at the store. I'm sure she'll be here soon. Back at Isaiah's house, they ate their pizza. They have a cake because the younger brother, his name is Benjamin, and it's his birthday, as we know. That's yeah. why... The yeah. whole bear That's thing. how we got here. Sure. So they sing happy birthday and they give him the bear and he really loves it. And then Isaiah tells them to get ready for bed. So I guess they don't get to eat cake. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. Uh, we learned that Isaiah's mom is studying to be a nurse. So she works all day and then she studies all night. Yeah. And he's, you know, very proud of her for for doing that. After he goes to help the kids get ready for bed, Joe says, you know, he doesn't think it's right that they're butting into these people's lives. Right. Which it is kind of weird. I mean, it would be weird to go into anybody's house and be like, you know, I'm going to buy you pizza and stay with you until, I don't know. If there was, if there was a situation where I had to leave my son home alone and I came home to find that strange adults came into my house to take care of him all day i would call the police yeah i wouldn't be like oh thank you oh thank you so much i would be like you're going to jail okay (laughs) yeah breaking and entering yeah 
As they're talking, uh, the mom, Mrs. Holcomb, comes home and she is obviously very yeah. angry that they yeah. are there. Yeah. She's pissed. And Donna's response is to be like, why'd you leave your kids alone for so long? And, you know, saying she shouldn't do that. And, you know, ju- very judgy at, from yes. Donna. And yeah. the mom is like, you don't, you, you don't know me. You have yeah. no idea what our life is. Yeah. And, you know, what we have to do. Yeah. And, and she, she says, I, I wear a beeper. I could be home like that. The neighbors are aware and he knows the neighbors. Like everything here is fine. And I feel like because they show that she has a plan and her backstory is that like she's working and going to school that, that we're supposed to be like, oh, great. Look at that. But it really, that's nah. not the tone of the episode. You know, it's that's not. not it's, it, it, this is not a thing where Donna's like, wow, I really misjudged this situation. You know, it's kind of like, maybe they're both right. You know, <laughs> like that's the best you can get out of it. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. So the the Mrs. Holcomb asked them to please just like, thank you, but please leave us. Leave us be. Yeah. <laughs> Let us do our thing. At the Peach Pit After Dark, Brandon is putting another hundred, you know, changing into chips. I don't gamble. Whatever you do, he's getting more <laughs> chips. <laughs> Kendra, I played a slot machine for the first time ever. <gasps> was it yeah. addicting? I went to see, no, no, it was it was not fun at all. I went to a, a concert with my brother. We saw Herman's Hermits and the Grassroots, and it was at a casino. Oh. And so we went in, and my brother's like, "Oh, you've never done it here. Here's a dollar." And so I did an Atlantis, you know, the Lost Kingdom Atlantis-based slot machine, and I put his two dollars in there and walked away with a cool ten cent. <laughs> So, nice. I did yeah. a scratch ticket the other day and I won oh. two bucks. Oh so. my gosh. Wow, Kendra. Yeah. You better you better take out a loan and just buy a bunch of scratch tickets, right? Isn't that yep. the lesson? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Nat is checking in on Brandon, like, hey, how you doing? Are we still just casually playing here? Yeah. And Brandon is like, I'm fine. Leave me alone. This is so the first time he's Matt, on the, uh, Matt has had anything to do that didn't involve like, hey, I brought a plate of tacos. See you later. <laughs> it's the first time he's played a role uh, since he's been a series regular. So nice to see that. It's a retread of something we've already done. But, you know, mm-hmm. he got a little so more. So Brandon is on. Is it is it called craps that that game where you throw the dice? Yeah, I think so. Okay, he's on the craps table. I only and... played one slot machine, Kendra. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> and he's he's you know got the hot hand every time he rolls. Somebody's yeah. winning. David is David's there. Yeah. And I wrote, oh hey, David exists. He's, yeah, David's there. You know, yeah. betting betting with him and winning. So then Brandon puts like he goes like you know all in. He he's like let it ride. Let's keep just building. Susan and Nat are very concerned at this point because it's a lot of money that that he's yeah. And Susan's not aware of the history. Yes, Susan doesn't know, but Nat does. So Nat decides he's gonna go all in against Brandon. Um, he's gonna I, bet against him. I didn't quite get the logic of that move, but I guess it was if if Brandon loses, Nat can cover him like nat can give him the money that he loses I is see. that how it works i don't know that's what i thought he was doing <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so brandon throws the dice and he does lose and now he's mad at nat yeah. for betting yeah. against him yeah tammy Whatever. is there looking for steve his boss tammy and pulls him aside to talk about what's happened, which is that she's gotten fired. She says she doesn't know what to do. And she is coming to Steve for help. She wants him to go to the office right now 
and talk to Scott and see if she can he can save her job. Yeah. Pretty desperate yeah. move. Yeah, well her point is that like basically she knows that there's this little old boys club and she doesn't she doesn't really call it that, but she says that if if it's out there that she got fired from this agency, that's it. Like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna take her seriously if she got canned from this mm-hmm. agency. So you know, it, this is this is sort of a, an all-in move, Kendra. Yes, all-in. Steve says, okay, I'll do it. He goes to say goodbye to Claire. Claire is very unhappy that he's leaving. Gives him the cold shoulder. Kelly then gives a speech, like a welcome, and we're about to start the auction. And she brings out uh, Nat to, to do the auction. Yep. Brandon is trying to cash in for more chips, but they've stopped the gambling now because they're moving into the auction phase. Right. So they're not giving him more chips. And Susan is trying to talk him down and she and he's just telling her to butt out and he's being mm-hmm. like super mean to her. Yeah, it's not cool. Yeah. So she she's like, you know, I'm I'm not dealing with this. This is stupid. The first item up for bid is a day with Chancellor Arnold. Yeah, what the heck? That was so random. <laughs> Very random. That I don't know. Weird. We don't see who wins that, but the next item is the portrait sitting with Colin. Mm-hmm. And at first, Kelly thinks that she's going to be the only one bidding, but then Valerie starts to bid, and they get into a bidding war, which Valerie wins for $600. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a very... I don't know. The resolution later is like, oh, I'm so innocent. But it's very much like, I will beat you, Kelly, and yeah. I will get this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. who knows? Also, I feel like that would have gotten some bids. Like, I think the, so day, too. the day with Chancellor Arnold, I don't think so, unless he's willing to do like yard work or something like that. Like, if he'll clean your garage, then yeah. Bid on it. But, but the portrait sitting, I feel like that would have had some takers, I even think so at a too. lower level. So I was kind of surprised that that was, but whatever. Kelly earlier draws a portrait of Colin looking like a woodland creature. Oh, yes. And she draws his hair just like straight up. And I had to laugh at that because that's <laughs> what his hair looks like. Yeah, I, I had that in my notes, but I uh, I missed it. Well, it was funny. It was funny. At the talent agency, Steve approaches Scott and he's like, listen, let's talk about Tammy. She's mm-hmm. cool, right? Yeah. Scott, yeah. Scott immediately knows that Tammy kind of sent him to talk yes. to him. Yeah. Yep. And he says like, look. She she's just not she's not a good agent. Like she's good at some things, but she's not good at others. She's costing us yeah. clients. Yeah. Um. It's you know don't get emotional. It's not personal. It's just business. Yeah, but there's a there's a little gross exchange in there where he's like, "What are you sleeping with her?" Oh and Steve's yeah. Like Steve's like, "No, are you?" And he says, "Oh, maybe if I was sleeping with her, it would have saved her job." <laughs> I know that, <laughs> but he delivers that line like. Not like it's sleazy. Like it took right. me a minute to be like, what yeah. did he just say? I know. It was, yeah, it was really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. So he tells Steve, you know, if you have a future in this town, you'll know what to say to Tammy. But it's a it's a no from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the Peach Pit After Dark, Donna and Joe arrive. And Donna's commenting about all the fancy cars in the parking lot. And she's like, yeah. we... We have it pretty good, don't we? Yeah. Living the life we live. Yeah. Joe says, you can't feel guilty for what you have in life. Mm. But Donna is worried about a Powerful Isaiah. message they really yeah. needed to hear. Yeah. yeah. Donna feels bad uh, about Isaac. And Joe's like, well, you know, uh, everything in his, all the adversity he's going to face is going to build him into a, 
a leader. And Don is worried that it's just going to to break him as a person. Yeah. Yeah. So then Donna finds Lisa and is talking to Lisa about this. And Lisa says, it sounds like you butted in on a family's life and maybe you need to just leave him alone. Yeah. She says, she says, you know, it's not adopt a black family month, right? Yeah. Which I felt like was the only line in this that kind of rang true. It was the only like chastising that Donna got at all, really. Yeah. And then they very quickly turn it on Lisa. Yeah. Donna's like, what has the Rose Court been about this whole time? It's been about kids' dreams and we need to help people. And Lisa's like, okay, you're right. And I'm like, no, don't back down. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. And it's crazy because, again, we've talked about this so many times, but like Tempe Locke as Lisa Dixon is one of the biggest African-American characters on the show because she's in like five or six episodes, you know, and like Mm -hmm. the fact that we get this episode that delves a little bit more into her background and just like, oh, yeah, she lives in the ghetto. She's from the streets. It's just like, guys, come on, Mm -hmm. you know, David is and Val are talking while she's writing her check for the the sitting that she just won and he kind of calls her and this is where I remembered like oh they're dating because he calls her out on like seems like you just really wanted to spend some time with Colin and so now you've bought some time with Colin which she is like that's not why I did it she's very she plays innocent about it but yeah David is upset it's a smart pivot where we eventually go with this thing. I mean, smart for Valerie. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Steve has to tell Tammy. It, he He's so nice about it. He's like, oh, Scott said your potential is being stifled at our talent agency. Yeah, yeah. And you just need to yeah. go somewhere else where you can flourish. But yeah. she, she sees through that. You know, she's like, all right, well, I guess I'm out. Yeah. And um, she's like, well, maybe I could write a tell-all book. And he says that his dad always says, be nice to people on your way up because you'll be seeing them again on your way up. <laughs> yeah. Which I had to like pause that and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? <laughs> it was very confusing. But okay. Steve and Brandon have a little exchange as they pass each other in the peach pit where they're both just like, uh, uh, life, am I right? Yeah. Brandon apologizes to Nat for how he acted. And, you know, he kind of sees that. He's uh, maybe lost Susan yeah. because of the way he was acting. Yes. I think, again, uh, important to note that Nat turned Brandon into a gambler when Brandon was but a child. Yep. Put and in some again, bets for him. <laughs> yes. He took him to the racetrack, introduced him to Duke, got him involved in all this. And then this is the second time he stepped in to be the savior. But it's like, my man, you're also the root cause of this problem. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, think about that, maybe. <laughs> Steve meets up with Claire again and she won big but she's turning in her chip she doesn't want any prizes she says that's not why she did this it was just an intellectual game yeah but they kind of make up I guess in this because I guess they were fighting I don't know (laughs) she was like mad he was leaving I don't know whatever they're fine yeah yeah back at Kelly Donna Claire's Valerie comes to see Kelly yes to say that they made eleven thousand dollars at, the, at their charity night. Pretty good haul. And she apologizes to Kelly for how everything went down with the bidding. But, you know, she said David was so mad, I had to tell him that the portrait was going to be his Christmas present. It's kind she of a lame Christmas it. present. But. It is a lame Christmas present. And, like, 
is the turnaround time on a full portrait this tight to Christmas? I don't know. But <laughs> I feel like she does sell it. She's very like, I'm schmoopy doopy, Valerie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I lost myself for a minute. I didn't know people would think that. I'm cute. And Kelly does like apologize to her. Yeah, she's like, I guess I owe you an apology. Mm-hmm. Donna comes out to see what they're talking about and they can tell that she's sad and she tells them, you know, she says that there's a family that doesn't want help or something, something stupid. (laughs) Brandon goes to see Susan at her dorm and tells her about his gambling past. And this is where he kind of mentions like after the whole thing with Duke, he's like gambled here and there because Mm -hmm. there was like, there was gambling on uh the bachelor party, right? For yeah, for Dylan. Yeah, and yeah. I think they did some gambling at the beach, I want to say. Yeah. I don't know. There's been a couple yeah. gambling things. Mm-hmm. So Susan, at first, you know, she's mad at him about what happened, but she ends up saying that she wants to help him. Our last scene is at the daycare, I believe, that they were doing the, the fundraising for. I think so, yeah. Um, Donna has called Isaiah's mom to... Mm-hmm meet with her and she says we just raised a lot of money for this place i know people here i can get your kids into this daycare yeah um and she says it's not out of charity i just i'm offering any help i have out of friendship for you out of friendship and mrs holcomb says you know we all need help sometimes and she's not too proud to take it. And so she thanks Donna and Isaiah also thanks Donna. And she tells Isaiah, one day you do the same for someone else. Yeah. And that's the episode. So in the end, all it took was a little bit of white privilege to really. <laughs> that's all you need. Really, really save that family. Yep. Yep. I I don't know. I, I'm going to go to a limb here and say that maybe this is the worst of the episodes of that try to the, deal with of race. the race episodes. Yes. I think you might be right because, because it's just so unaware of like completely of what completely. it's saying. I think it's, and, they think they're saying one thing, but really they're saying something else. Yes. And I, I think the other ones I'm trying to think like, like squash it was one. There was, it was just, there's a couple and those had a point that they were trying to make. And I felt like, even in the clumsiest ones, somewhere in there, the point was like, let's come together. The execution was wrong, but like there was a, an identifiable message that was poorly done. For the life of me, I don't know what they're trying to say here, and I don't think they do either. I don't think Donna or Joe come off looking good. They come no. off looking ignorant and yeah. slightly and stay, racist. And stay uh, ignorant and racist. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they yeah. don't learn a lesson. Like you said, in the Peach Pit, Lisa, Lisa has her moment where she calls her on it. But Donna's like, but really? And Lisa's like, no, you're right. So, yeah, it, it's, yeah, no, uh, this is a this is a thumbs down for me. Definite thumbs down for so, me. So acknowledging that, uh, let's let's set that one aside and just say this, this was a bad and clumsy and a little damaging part of this episode. Let's look at the other storylines. Uh, Brandon's gambling, Steve's job. How do we feel about those? Steve having a job, I think, is interesting. Um, yeah. So fine with that. Brandon's gambling problem was something I had forgotten about. So it yeah. seems weird to like all of a sudden he has a gambling problem yeah. again. Yeah. And he acts. I mean, 
I don't, I don't know what it's like to have a gambling addiction, but he mm-hmm. acts like he's drunk while he's, I don't know. Like yeah. the, the fact that they can't talk him down and he like switches into this like monster of a person. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like zero to a hundred for me. I felt like the, I, you're right, but I did feel like that rang true uh, about you it. You think so? All right. I, I didn't, yeah. I thought that was a decent, uh, but yes, I mean, I agree. I don't know what it's like to have a gambling addiction either, but I, I felt like, you know, I've, I've, yeah, I, I could see that. I, I get, think the weirdness about it for me was just, it's so far in the past mm-hmm. to like, just bring it back years. So later. far that they had to put a flashback in there to remind us that it, yeah. that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the thing, and again, it wasn't a particularly interesting storyline, but like Steve just has not had a thing to do maybe ever, mm-hmm. you know, and it, when it was like Steve was going to run the Peach Pit after dark, I don't know why they pivoted away from that. I think that would have been great for that character. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I honestly don't remember things coming from this Steve has a job thing. So I hope I'm wrong about that. But like, if that is a thing where Steve's going to have like a storyline, I'm all for it because I think Ian Ziering, much like in the film's Sharknado, just brings something. Yeah. You know, and he's underutilized. Yeah, agreed. Just, just like when they were dating, though, they don't have anything for David and Claire. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think this this whole episode is is very skippable. I think you could for skip sure. it and yeah, you know, not miss anything. Right. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yuck. Okay. Yucky. Well, Kendra, guess what? Recently, I was on Crystal Storm's Star Wars Legacy audio drama. <gasps> I played the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played the role of Gaden Co in Episode 16, and I had a good time. Nice. So yes, yeah, so you got to go and check that out. Um, and, Eric and I are in there somewhere, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure what episodes we're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in 16, and then Steve Rudd from This Endorian Life is in uh, episode 17. So nice. You can go find that wherever you get your podcasts and listen in for us and those those parts. We had a good time. What about you, Kendra? Where are you, where are you, where are you podcasting these days? Uh, well, I'm the co-host of the podcast. 90s music got me like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Each week we talk 90s music. And uh, most recently we talked uh, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. <gasps> nice. And Was that a will. fun? I feel like you would have had a hostile co-host for that one. I haven't little, heard it yet. Is just that... a okay. little. All right. but, uh, okay. but still a good time. <laughs> okay, good. Good. All right. Well, you can join us as we continue on our 902 and 0 journey with Season 6, Episode 15, Angels We Have Heard on High. Oh, Kendra. <gasps> if those angels song. are back. If those angels are back. <laughs> Clarence, we're back in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I no. hope so. Well, I hope not, Kendra, but uh, I guess we'll find out next week. 902, and here we go. 